Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne on Global Voice Radio. Join Roxanne Durhage and her thought-provoking conversations, the catalyst to live your life to the fullest. Hi everyone, it's uh, Roxanne Durhodge. Uh, thanks again for tuning in with Authentic Living with Roxanne. Today I have a special guest, um, Malcolm Saunders, and um, he's got the best title ever I think I've heard since I've been out there in the, speak the speaking world. It's a hippie CEO. Uh, he's a owner and creative visionary of The Light Cellar, a successful super uh, food store. And I tried some of the chocolates uh, just recently in Cape Coral and I loved it. I, I forgot which, uh, was there a cumin one or something like that? I brought a whole mix of uh, yes, yeah. I think I tried the cumin one. And so he has an elixir bar and a teaching kitchen in Calgary. So um, uh, where he works with uh, healthy living and um, for almost 10 years, Malcolm's uh, purpose driven and community centered business has been a destination uh, location for the health conscious Calgarians. He pioneered the first elixir bar in Canada and is the author of the book, Elixir Life, Modern Nutrition Meets Ancient Herbal Wisdom. Um, Malcolm's success principles of peace, love, and the bottom line inspire and guide other business professionals towards a higher purpose uh, for, and with passion and profits. So he works with entrepreneurs, business leaders, and change makers, leaves Malcolm sessions uh, knowing how to do a business with heart and soul, but to also make money at the same time. So Malcolm, thanks so much for joining me today. What's it like out in Calgary today? Oh, we got uh, fresh new snow. <laughs> wow, do you? Wow. Um, yeah, we're not we're no snow here in Ontario, and I'm in Niagara Falls. Um, it's sunny, but it's it's still cold out here too. So, so Malcolm. Um, now, I've had the privilege of hearing your story twice now. Once in Ottawa, and then uh, two weeks ago in Cape Coral. But this concept of um, creating a business out of passion is definitely something that I know a lot of listeners are interested in. And so I'd like uh, you to kind of tell people a bit about your story and kind of um, how you landed with, uh, with a, such a kind of um, powerful and uh, really a type of business that I'd never heard about before. So um, just start wherever you'd like about uh, your journey. Yeah, for sure. Well, it, um, my journey with food and nutrition as well as business are, are very interrelated. So I may as well start uh, at the beginning, which was when I was 16 and I decided to become a vegetarian. I came home, it was Tuesday afternoon and like, and like any other, and mom was in the kitchen, she was making uh, dinner and I came home and she says, well, I'm gonna become a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> she just looks at me and goes, well, you're still gonna eat this supper, aren't you? <laughs> And, and that was the beginning of my journey. At that time, it had nothing to do with uh, food and nutrition. It was purely uh, this, aspirations to try and um, help the world, right? As, as a young kind of idealist, someone that looked up to the, someone like David Suzuki, uh, you, you hear all these doomsday reports around the environment and what's going on. And uh, this, this was the only thing that I felt I had in my power to kind of do and, and make a difference in the world. And so knowing nothing about food and nutrition, just like, oh, sure, well, I'll just be a vegetarian. Uh, I literally went overnight and it didn't go so well. Um, I, you know, to say 
as a vegetarian is not quite accurate. I was more of a carbitarian. Um, you know, I knew how to make myself pop tarts and grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh goodness! <laughs> <laughs> right? uh, breakfast cereals like Lucky Charms were one of my favorites. Oh my goodness! Right, so. <laughs> It was, even though I jumped in, it was, it was a bit of a wake-up call that, oh, there's something a little bit more to this whole food nutrition piece. And I was really committed to the ideal. So I started on my journey going down this rabbit hole of, of how to feed and nourish myself in a way that reflected um, how I wanted to, to be a part of the world and, and make an influence. I, you know, there's that saying, we vote with our dollar, and I think no more so than our food dollar is really transformative to who we are as individuals, our own personal health, but also uh, our communities and uh, the ecology that we live in. So long story short, I'm uh, not a vegetarian. Um, you know, it, was, it was more than 10 years. It was kind of exploring that world. And not to say there's anything wrong with that, but what I realized for me is um, it wasn't actually so much plants versus animals in that equation, right? You can see the documentaries. There's lots of books out there that kind of paint this picture, but it's only a half truth. And this is going to relate to the business part is um, with food nutrition is we've kind of gone wrong. Uh, and it's not, again, plants versus animals, it's more the scale, it's the industrialization of our food system, um, really where we've, we've taken a wrong turn. So whether it's, um, you know, industrial agriculture, like monocropping of soy and corn or wheat or whatever that is, that's not sustainable, that's not generative for our health, nor it is for the uh, environment. Um, and there's this trend moving, as we say, from Wall Street to Main Street, this kind of relocalization of the food system, because we realized, we're like, uh oh, this isn't working. And uh, people can tell, right? It's like there's this movement to farmers markets. Um, people want that local, they want that fresh, and you can taste it, you can experience it. So it's, you can't say it's just plants and animals. It's food coming out of two different systems and experientially when you taste it you know the difference we've all had that experience of pulling a carrot out of the ground or you know an apple off the tree and, and there's just something so good about it and so we're being led by our taste buds uh, to find more authentic food right that has character that has quality and therefore nutrition if we were to analyze that scientifically we'd see okay it's got higher vitamins minerals etc um, but we all have that uh, there so how does that also relate to to business in the world of um, you know uh, of, of money and work well again I think it's this industrialization of our workplaces and and you know I don't want to say that all industrialization is all bad but uh, when we go for this scale like we've done in food you know maximizing profits so on and so forth uh, I think we're coming to the realization of like oh that, that doesn't feel good right sure we have all this stuff but we're missing out on deeper elements and so for me as a teenager on this path I had these expectations of my father you know go to school get a good job so you can get a good you know pay etc um, and I didn't want to do that I, I, I felt kind of in, imprisoned by this this idea of, of a Monday to Friday nine to five really wanted to live my passions, but I, I didn't know how to make money. So um, I kind of gave up on that idea. I, uh, I gave away my stuff. I uh, hit the road, I went hitchhiking. I visited all kinds of different meditation centers and ashrams and this kind of like this, this spiritual journey to, to figure out who I was and how I wanted to be in the world, um, which at that time was more 
escaping it, right? I, I didn't want a job, I, you know, and it wasn't <laughs> that I wasn't afraid of work. It was that I didn't want to trade time for money. And I was done with that. I, I, I felt like I'd been in prison in school in suburban Calgary, kind of forced to do things that I didn't want to do. And I, I put in my time. And when, so when I got out, I was like, okay, now it's my time. And I did do a, a degree. I came out of college um, with jazz music studies and quickly realized that wasn't quite going to pay the bills uh, as much as I loved it. Um, so I followed this path of, of just kind of almost retreating from society and, and lived in uh, yoga centers and ashrams. I uh, would work in the kitchen, just change my time and energy for my basic needs. I'd volunteer in the kitchen, spend time in the garden. And that was really transformative and really connective to, again, this idea of, of good whole food. And that started me, kept me going down further on my path on how to learn how to, to nourish myself. And there was a stage where um, I'd been meditating a lot, anywhere from four to 14 hours a day. Um, wow. This is kind of something you'll know about me. I, when I get into something, I really get into it. I just immerse myself. So, you know, with vegetarian, it was 100%. And then I was into music, and that's all I did was eat, breathe, live music every day. And then I got into meditation, and, and that's all it was. And, uh, you know, inspired by a lot of the traditions that I was immersed in, kind of fantasized about this idea of becoming a monk. Um, but what I was learning, <laughs> and it's, I can joke about it now, but... Uh, you know, it was real, is what you're saying. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you read books of all these yogis, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is the life. And uh, what was interesting that, you know, yoga came to the West, the kind of, you know, late 1800s, really the early 1900s, and a lot of them that were coming, like, so there's, there's a few names, like Paramahansa Yogananda. He wrote the book, uh, Autobiography of Yogi, uh, one of the first that helped spread on this movement. And at that time, he predicted, you know, like, yoga is going to spread. It's going to move out. And, you know, even Buddhism, these different kind of Eastern philosophical approaches, um, for them coming to the West and spreading, they had this sense that it was going to grow. And it was going to be... Uh, less about how it was in the past and more this kind of monastic tradition and really integrating into everyone's day. I mean, and we can see that, right? There's, there's yoga centers on, on every corner. And, mm -hmm. um, and there was a sense that it was more about integrating it into one's life. And there's that saying, you know, there's yoga on the mat and yoga off the mat. And it's all fine and wonderful to be, you know, peaceful, doing your meditation, and then you get up and, you know, and then you get angry at the traffic or whatever, right? <laughs> so how can we bring it into our day? And, uh, yeah, the more impact, you know, be in the world to change the world uh, was the message that I was getting. And so I still didn't yet know how to be in the world, um, but... I was almost forced to, you know, again, along, not forced, but in a natural just flow of my path. Uh, I had met uh, my soon-to-be wife at that time. We traveled around India, Nepal, and we came back home pregnant. And it was like, okay, I gotta, I'm going to be the provider now. And uh, so I was at this kind of crossroads. I'd been really deep into the world of food and nutrition. That was really a, a passion, uh, not only studying kind of like the theory of it, but also preparing it, having spent time in kitchens. And so I was kind of at a crossroads of, of okay, I'm going to go back to school. Do I take nutrition or do I go to baking school? Um, and I chose the path of nutrition. And, you know, that led to one thing to another. And 
yeah, out of that, uh, we started a little store in our uh, basement, you know, a long time ago. I started making chocolates at that time. Uh, I had a real passion for teaching, coming out of nutrition. I knew I didn't want to sit down and do consults one-on-one, -on -one, but I wanted to share what I'd learned, share my journey. Um, again, because I saw food as so transformative to one's personal self, but also to uh, our communities and, and the environment. And uh, so started sharing that through teaching. And uh, yeah, we kind of again this this idea of reclaiming um, you know skills. So again, in that kind of industrialization, uh, a lot of people don't realize, but you know the whole women's liberation movement. Part of that was spurred on by food manufacturers. Um, after the war, there was this this message that was put out, and I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. It was it was hey, you know, like you don't need to be a slave to the kitchen. I mean, let's face it, kitchen work for you know millennia before that had been a bit of a drudgery and uh, so it's wonderful that we have all these modern innovations but we didn't yet have the experience of what is it like to do that wholesale everything right where we outsource all of our food preparation and as a culture we took that on right tv dinners canned food this that the next um, industrialized processed food and we're, we've we felt the consequences and the effects of that and now there's this kind of recircling back to um, the art and the craft of making food and we have to relearn I mean you know there I was just a young man leaving out leaving home on my own having no idea how to prepare food and take care of myself and there's a lot of people in that way we've relied too much on government and industry to kind of um, set and set those standards but really, it was the role of culture, and it was the role of home, and uh, we're beginning to kind of circle back to that. And so, I uh, I love being a part of that movement, you know, empowering people with what I call like the how and the why of food and nutrition, because, you know, what we get in Canada, and I'm sure it's the same in, in the U.S. as well. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Four food groups, like I mean, that that's not useful at all. <laughs> so you know what I'm interested in um, is when you look at that whole concept elixir and i i'm really I'm, I'm i'm really i grew up in trinidad and tobago where um cooking was always it's how we spent time and communicated so the difference that i see in canada um is that what happens is someone's coming over you prepare a meal and then you sit down in trinidad what they do and continue to do when you visit is that you're part of the the making of the food which is oh, a different wow. concept so it becomes um more uh, you know connection really if you think about it and um so it's something that i was always very accustomed to it was like oh you know you kind of go and you know in canada with my in-laws it would be you know you'd kind of sit at the table and it would be prepared and you'd be served and you'd but in trinidad it would be different you'd kind of come and then you know things would be in process and what would naturally happen is you'd kind of learn which is some of what you said that um, didn't happen with uh, your upbringing in Calgary. When you look at the concept of elixir, and um, you know, I want you to explain that concept because I think myself, I find that very, very fascinating and real, and it's something that I try to do as much as I can. But that whole concept of um, feeding your soul through what you eat. Um, can you tell people a little bit more about that whole concept and how you kind of think about nutrients and how you think about preparation? Because I think all of us need to learn um, more about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the idea of an elixir, it's a, it's a delivery system. Um, so I teach different mediums to which you can get, you know, good nutrition that you can add into your life. Uh, I used to be a little bit more extreme in terms of, okay, you've got to eat this way and do this type of diet and, you know, flip your life upside down. Uh, no longer do that, you know, do what you do and it's much easier and better to, to add things in. Um, you know, and that's why I'm into this idea of, of superfoods, which it gets tossed around kind of in marketing, but really to me, superfoods, um, outside of that, they're, they're, they're authentic foods. They have a nutrient density. They've often been revered by cultures throughout time. Um, you know, coconut is, is could be considered a superfood. Moringa, baobab. Um, so there's that long standing cultural use. Um, and there's a nutrient density that's unique, extraordinary. And, and again, it's also the system it comes from. Uh, maybe it's wild, maybe it's small scale grown uh, versus again, industrially uh, produced. And so it's focusing on unique foods and elixir is just another delivery system or medium for it. So there's many different definitions of what an elixir is or could be. Primarily it's in a liquid uh, form or preparation. And I define it as an alchemical vehicle for the delivery of food and medicine. So we have this phrase in our society, our culture, let food be thy medicine, medicine be thy food. This is supposedly what modern medicine is based on. You know, the father uh, Hippocrates however it's very rarely actually practiced right and yeah so another thing I kind of um, which ties into elixirs that I got into is when I was studying nutrition um, both kind of informally and formally I had other friends that were studying herbalism and I saw them and I was like okay that's their path you know they're gonna be herbalists I'm doing nutrition I'm gonna be a nutritionist and I didn't really open myself up to herbs, nor did I, of course, have a background from uh, family or even culture or society where herbs and spices were, were valued and used. So I was very kind of cut off from that world. And eventually later that started to steep in in this whole world of, of, of herbalism, which has always been throughout every culture around the world. It's been the people's medicine, the folk medicine. And I'm not saying it has to be chosen above and beyond uh, modern medicine or pharmaceutical medicine, not at all. They can be complementary, and I think it's a it's a real opportunity for us to again reclaim that wisdom, bring it back in. And so, elixirs for me are that combination of, of the best in modern nutrition, as well as ancient herbal wisdom. And elixirs are this delivery system you can bring it together. So, I like to give the example of of what is an elixir. Well, imagine it's your morning coffee mixed with your smoothie. Now, not literally, because that would be horrible, right? <laughs> A lot of people are trying to think, how would you do that? <laughs> yeah. So if we think about it more functionally, so a lot of us have, you know, the morning coffee or the afternoon tea, um, which, which are herbs, right? Both of those, that's, that's herbalism in its kind of basic essence. Um, so they have the function of, of kind of, you know, helping raise up our energy, stimulating us, getting us on track, the focus, um, that's the function that they play. Whereas a smoothie is more about, you know, getting in the nutrients, right? You know, it's that grab and go smooth. Okay, boom, I've got my meal for the day. Uh, I'm ready to go. I'm supercharged. I'm nourishing myself. Whereas an elixir is something that you can prepare that functionally is both. So you can have the depth and the nutrition of a smoothie, but you also have that herbal element. Um, and it goes far, far, far beyond just coffee and tea, um, but can include that. 
where it gives you more of that functional benefit. So I've got this phrase you heard me shared in Ottawa when, when you saw me speak. There's an elixir for that. So <laughs> I love I love that because I remember when I saw you in Cape Coral, I said, you're the elixir guy. <laughs> totally. So this was where it becomes like purely like customizable to, you know, whatever, however your day is going, right? If you need that energy, if you need that pick me up, if you've got something like, you know, maybe you're even, uh, it could be going to the office or it could be, okay, I've, I've got a big event. I've got a, I've got a, a race or, or a workout or whatever it is, you can customize an elixir to support you for that day. Or maybe it's the complete opposite. It's the end of the day and it's, it's been full on, it's been stressful. You need something to kind of bring the energy down, calm you, relax you, and it becomes about this intentional, customizable uh, form of, of nourishment. So is that something that you teach? Um, do you do uh, things online? Like for instance, like I, I know sometimes when I see clients, I see five, six clients in a row, right? Yeah. So by the time I'm done, you know, I've been speaking for six, you know, six hours straight kind of. And of course, mentally, you know, of course you're, you're giving, so you're, you're, you're drained, you know, you don't have the opportunity to be able to eat in there, you know, so, so walking around with something, like you said, with a combination to help me replenish, maybe I won't be able to eat, but um, would that be something that I could uh, do an online course or coach with you to learn about? Because I think that's, I think most people want to learn, Malcolm, I don't know if you would agree with that. I, I mean, I'm pretty good at eating, but there's so much I'm sure that I can learn, but the average person listening, if they wanted to learn um, kind of these combination, um, you know, double hitters for elixirs, where could they go to be able to learn about that kind of stuff? Yeah, a really good question. And I'll, I'll just kind of answer that comment you're mentioning about, um, we have to pick and choose. It's, I'm not saying it's, it's about us doing it all, going back to preparing every single meal, every single snack and juice, you know, from scratch. There's going to be, everyone's in a different position with different lifestyles. However, we need to pick something uh, that we can do ourselves. It's incredibly empowering and incredibly nourishing so whether that's getting into a realm of, of fermentation and creating your own ferments maybe it's um you know creating these elixirs however it is um some element there's there's real value there so i've got a series of youtube channels called easy upgrades and it's through my company light seller so it's l-i-g-h-t-c-e-l-l-a-r and we're adding more and more all the time. And the idea of an easy upgrade is things that you can, you can learn how to make that's easy just to add into your day, to kind of upgrade your day. And it ranges all the way from, let's say, gluten-free breads and pancakes to uh, juices to elixirs. And um, so I'm adding to that constantly every week and one can explore uh, all the different topics. And we're just about to get into uh, an Elixir course. We've been working on the, the back end of the scenes, putting that together, and I'll be on the tail end of the book. So here's the book uh, that okay. you had mentioned. Elixir. Awesome. And that can be, uh, it, where can they buy that, Malcolm? Can they buy it on your site or can they buy it on Amazon? Yeah, I'm just in the process of uploading it to Amazon. So for now, let's go to thelightseller.ca and there you'll be able to uh, purchase that book. That's the first book in the world printed on elixirs. So this concept's just coming out. I like to give people perspective. I mean, smoothies, they've been around for, for a long time, right? They've they played a really good role. They have a, a functional benefit in our day-to-day in our -day lives. Um, cold pressed juices is something else that's kind of like come out. I think it's trending a little bit right now. The idea of bone broths. There's these different delivery systems that are coming out and elixirs are, are just beginning to, to get out there. So it's almost like where smoothies were, you know, however many years ago when we were just getting on that train. 
and elixirs are, are here to stay. People are just loving them because of how dynamic and functional and beneficial they are. And you really can just fit them into any part of your day for, for any benefit that you're, you need. So I'm, I'm, this is the part of your story that I find fascinating, right? And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that don't fit a certain mold. They, they, they have a passion, um, you know, like you said, and you were kind of growing up traditional in North America. You do the traditional route. Some of us took the, I took the traditional route because I'm a pretty traditional person. Um, but you had a vision and you did not get deterred from it. And now you've built a $2 million business. So I would love for you to kind of share with people listening what you did to really um, allow the things that needed to stay to not detract you off that vision, to be able to get here today, to be able to speak to me about something so powerful. Yeah, I think first and, and thank you for that. So I think first and foremost is, you know, having a sense of, of who you are, how you want to show up in the world and not letting fear or doubt or uncertainty get in the way. Just know that you can do that. Um, we're in a time now more than ever where uh, we can, like the, the level of, of kind of point of entry, it's, you know, you, I'm not sure if you've heard this term, like zero marginal cost, right? To be able to get in and be your own business, develop it, it is more accessible, more available than ever before. Uh, and it's also what people want. People want, we've, we've gone from, you know, large corporations, which obviously still exist and still will exist, but the economy has shifted. There's been a realignment. We're going from, you know, the big generals, like General Motors, General Mills, right? Again, that huge kind of industrial type scale where people really are, they're seeking more authentic, they're seeking relationships. And there's this reloc relocalization of the economy, um, most you know pronounced as i was mentioning with food and food industry but it's happening across the board people are looking for that craft looking for that authenticity so the opportunity is there again zero marginal cost and it's what people want they want those individual relationships so it's really knowing that that opportunity is there don't getting into the fear that you can build it you can create it um, all the tools everything is there for you and it's just your journey of getting really clear on who you are what you want to um, show up with and contribute and it's really about solving problems right i used to have this negative view of money like oh money's evil money's bad it's it's what's wrong with the world and it's like no money is neutral business is neutral it's a tool and we can use it for good or for bad and really at the end of the day you know exchange is it's all about value right so solving people's problems bringing value creating value in the world and you can receive money in exchange for that and um, along that journey in your path it's really about developing yourself so I think one of the biggest things that I've done is uh, it's been self-study it's been create your own adventure there is no manual you have to go out and create it. So it's taking courses, it's apprenticing, it's reading books, it's doing everything. At each step, you're like, no, you're okay, well, I gotta figure this out, right? I mean, you likely someone watching has their, their passion, they have their craft. Okay, how do you learn how to monetize that? And it's, it's creating your own MBA. I mean, yes, you can go to university, you can do that, but um, it's so much more accessible and I think real 
to, to just create it yourself. And, and there's so many resources from online courses to books to uh, you name it that one can go out there. And, and if you're still, obviously there's your craft, um, the art that you're involved in. So that continuing always to develop that. And I'm a really big believer in the, uh, this idea of the apprenticeship and, and working and direct mentorship. Um, doing that and then also the business side you know how to run a business it totally changes as soon as you start adding one employee you know and that grows I mean I'm up over 20 uh, now myself and and that's been a whole interesting journey and dynamic but you just take it you know one step at a time you got to have one foot in your in your field and in your craft and then the other on the business side uh, learning new things as you come up and some of the things that you're you're not gonna like I mean I, I resist getting into the details of numbers and this and that but you need to and it's very important at least in the beginning to get a sense of it get an understanding of it so that you know you've done it you've been through it and then as soon as you can you delegate it right you don't want to delegate it immediately because then you don't have an understanding you don't know how it's going to work you're not going to be able to have those conversations and relate to the people that you're working with so get into it have at least a basic understanding of it and uh, and then as soon as you can delegate it so you can get on to the next task and keep growing yourself in your business and I'm sure along the way, you probably had deterrence or things that kind of could have deterred you from that authenticity that you're talking about. How did you deal with, with those detractors along the way? Or how did yeah. you kind of gauge, you know, because when you're starting, like you're talking, um, you know, you can have an MBA, then you can go to nutrition school, then you can go to become a herbologist, you know, um, all the, now you're speaking because that's how you and I met um, with our, through our speaking uh, coach. Um, you know, and the speaking organization, that's a, it's a lot. Um, yeah. So how, how do you stay grounded and authentic to Malcolm yourself, your core self, um, and kind of, you know, continue to stay connected to that vision and where it's going to take you next? Yeah, great question. I love that. And I think the single biggest um, tool we have in life is, is our own intuition, our heart, right? Following our hearts, following our guts, and not only to kind of keeping true to yourself, but also it's amazing how powerful it is in business as a tool for decision making, um, really tuning in, checking in. And that might sound kind of woo-woo, but we've, we've all got it. We all have that power of intuition, that feeling. It's like, it, it's, it's exactly when you meet someone, right? When you meet someone, you're like, you can get a sense of like, oh, wow, like, love this person, love their energy, you want to get to know them. And others, you're like, yeah, something was kind of off there, right? It's just like, I'm not sure about that person. That we have all those experiences all the time. We can walk into a restaurant and go, ah, I like this place. Or it's like, no, let's maybe go somewhere else. <laughs> That's intuition. That You're going to have that all the time. That could be again uh, a proposal a direction and you need to be, be able to distinguish with okay that's just fear uh, i don't know if i can really do that and okay that's going to take a lot but that feels good that's the direction i want to go and it's that patience and that's persistence and following your heart uh, and i'm going to assume your meditation also allows you to or quiet space and i know that's something that I have to do often with my life, like your life, you know, we're busy and we're, you know, with when we were away on, you know, on the weekend with Cape Coral and we're busy all the time. And after that, you just, I just needed the, the quiet space to really kind of realign I'm going to assume that that's something that you do often with uh, yeah. running that, the, the multi-million business that you do. 
Yeah, totally. So for me, that's, you know, having that quiet moments, it's getting out in nature. Um, and for me, kind of one of my hobbies is I love going out in nature and like, like picking food, finding food, learning what's around me. So that's a really kind of grounding practice that, that I utilize. But you're absolutely right. We need that. So learning what that's about for yourself becomes core, I would think, as you as you go along your journey. Now, you work with um, entrepreneurs and business owners uh, also to help them connect to that authentic space and to create vision and um, start or grow businesses. Is that correct, Alka? Yeah, so that's been a new venture. It's something that I've done just naturally. I, I guess maybe there's been a... Uh, a bit of a, you know, having seen, you know, my journey and, and seeing others in a similar position, just wanting to help and, and, and help people down their journey. And so 2018 is, is really a year I'm much more stepping off in, into that path. Uh, the food nutrition business is great. It's wonderful. I keep pouring my heart into that and speaking on those topics, but now I'm focusing on uh, empowering others, this, this business uh, side, because Again, like I said, you know, we vote with our dollar. The food and nutrition dollar is huge, massive for personal and, and kind of planetary change. But business, I see as the number one uh, force of good. Something before, after, may come later. But right now, it's our it's our best tool, and I want to see more and more people, uh, you know, live their authentic self and align that their purpose and their passion with profits. And I want to share what I've learned in my journey and, and how to come out, overcome those things. The, the fear, the uncertainty, the doubt. Um, again, it's to create your own adventure, choose your path. You've got to create it as we walk it. And so just giving back and, and helping others uh, on their journey is, is what I'm really looking forward to in, in my future. Now, you have a course coming up. Did, is that what I think I saw online? So why don't you tell uh, the listeners about it? and um, how they can get connected. Because I think, you know, if this is the path, I know that um, a lot of the things that you're talking about, I have been through, I continue to um, struggle with, like, you know, I, I you know, are all, the next step, every time you take a step up in business, um, it's always like there's so many variables that you need to weed through, you know, to be able to, to get to the, that next level. So um, where can they find the course and how can they sign up or even be able to, um, I'm not sure if you do one-to-one -one consulting, um, if that's an option for people also. Yeah, no, great. And I'll just first comment on, on what you're saying there that, uh, you know, that when you choose this path, it is the ultimate in, in personal development, right? Uh, as you move your business forward, you have to grow, you have to evolve. And I think that's our only limit. It's our only ceiling. A level of our success is the level that we're able to, to grow ourselves as an individual, as a being and I see you know money not as the goal but as a measure as a, as a reflection right that's the whole idea of the bottom line it's a reflection of of how well I've stepped up to help and serve the world um, and yeah it, it's never ending but it, it's a good rewarding journey for sure so April 20th is my kind of debut in Calgary Alberta at the Cardell Theater um, from 7 to 8.30, it's called Peace, Love, and the Bottom Line, Business Success Secrets from a Hippie CEO. And uh, so though I expect many more events to, to follow uh, around the country, but uh, we're going to do the first one here in Calgary. 
and be sharing my journey. A little bit we've touched upon here, but uh, going to get more deeper into the nitty gritty of, of some of those processes one can use. Um, I've given myself this title, Creative Visionary. I've had it for a number of years. We're going to break down what does that mean? What does it mean to be a visionary? Because oftentimes we're sold that you have to have a crystal clear vision of what it is you're going to do. And, and this would be advice for those that are watching. Um, it unfolds. You create it, create your vision as you go. Um, everything is a prototype. And so to move through those fear, that uncertainty, that doubt, I've got a, a methodology I teach to, to get people started and to bring their vision and their reality to life, even if they don't know what it is yet. Um, you, you have to start with a, just whatever it is, a little golden thread that's inside that says, ah, this could be good, this is the way. So you start with that and you move it forward a little bit by little bit. So I'll be breaking that down. Well, so what, an, what an amazing, amazing journey. You go from Pop-Tarts to Elixir. So think about that. Like, I mean, at all the bumps along the way and to be able to teach that to others, Malcolm, what a, what a gift uh, that is to be able to um, share. And so many mistakes like you, like I have made along the way and um, five, seven years into it to be able to look back and go, well, had I known this, I might have, you know, so being able to teach others so that they can maybe have a, a bit more of a concerted um, sense of what they're up against and of course it's a lot of hard work you know that I know yeah. that but but when you're passionate about what you do like obviously you are um, you know then it becomes like play yes it's a lot of long hours at play but it is still um, work but you're you're giving back to the world in a way and you're teaching people uh, the value of, of food and what you know if we learn the basics around food um, that you know we don't have to do all those other things that like supplements and because we can get so much of it from our food but you're right with industrialization and um, we've gotten so far away from some of the core basics to uh, preparing just good nutritious things that uh, and the average um, young person growing up needs to learn it so that they when they go off into the world that they can uh, it doesn't take a lot but it takes obviously a bit of knowledge to be able to um you know not eat um at the hotel at the um, university cafeterias and those types of things which uh, we know how um how much complaints that we hear from a lot of the young people going off to school so Malcolm, yeah. this has been such an honor um is there anything else that you'd like to share before um i close off with you today yeah, I just want to thank you for your, for your time and for creating this call to putting it out there, sharing. And if anybody has any, uh, you know, comments, reflections, feedback they want to send to me, they can reach me uh, through The Light Cellar. My email is malcolm, M-A-L-C-O-L-M, at thelightseller.ca. Um, you mentioned about coaching, consulting. It's not yet there. I know that's going to be happening in the future. I mean, that could be a month. That could be a year. Again, I'm on my new path. I'm almost in this, like, new startup phase starting with uh with the keynotes and the seminars sharing this message and i know it's going to grow and evolve and that's really uh the space i'm in is of, of service and uh how i want to have impact and help help make the world a better place is through the food and nutrition and peace but also now empowering others on their journey uh to you know self-realize through through business and make it a, make it a better world a better place so thanks for having me on awesome well, thank you so much, and uh, even more so, um, health is uh, an authenticity, and uh, living your purpose is something that I know I talk about weekly. But again, Malcolm is an example of um, 
someone that's actually doing it um, through his passion. So in reference to authenticity, um, I would love uh, if you're interested in any kind of um, knowledge about that, that you connect with me at roxanderhodge.com um, forward slash blueprints, where you can actually um, get involved with a course, an online course that would teach you some of those basics around authenticity. So thanks again, Malcolm. And um, until I connect with you next week, uh, we'll chat with you soon. All right. Take care.